0: Hey, 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 hey! I'm walking here. I'm,
1: I'm, wa- walk- I'm walking here. Walking into White House. Hey, Dude. <sighs> I legitimately do not know this guy's name. I think his name might be Mario Scar, Skarmuch. Scar- Can you do the Fandango, That is his name, according to me.
0: I just. Oh, man, and rinsed pubis to- left. I don't know, we might just have to, we might talk about healthcare for a second, and then we might just have to be like, also the
1: White House. The White House is on fire. <laughs> yeah. White House uh, friendship ended with rinsed pubes. Oh, uh, military General is my new friend. Also, Tony's got a moochie. Hey! A hey. moochie! Oh, oh, did you see this shit, though? Uh, what? No, if you look, well, I went on his Wikipedia page to figure out what his actual name was. Uh, If you search for The Mooch on Wikipedia, he will show up. It is bolded in the title of the article. Um, Oh,
0: man. It just means he's uh, But
1: Apparently, the Chinese have invested in his company, and so there's people being like, uh what kind invested in your in your company it's called skybridge capital oh, it's like God. the shittiest name possible for a fucking investment firm um oh just an investment like the chinese firm? invested yeah yeah they're like chinese invested in your investment firm it's weird how that works uh, so that they could have like a say in the white house apparently <laughs> people are kind of nervous about that
0: oh lord so stuff. in my opinion like all of the great American governmental villains of the last, I don't know, maybe I, it's 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 at least the last 50, maybe the last all of the years, have really all, relied on their like powerful jowl noises. I mean, from Nixon, from Nixon, from Dixon, from Nixon to Cheney, those dudes did not commit a single act of evil without first leaning back in their chairs and shaking their neck fat while emitting a low bloated tone from deep within their full tummies. And I really am afraid that Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan just don't have the adequate layer of neck fat that is going to allow them to rise to the true level of supervillainy that they so aspire to. And, and honestly, you know who that's letting down? The blue collar voters who voted for him so that you know they could rely on Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell to tell them what immigrants are taking their jobs, what color of people they should be afraid of next, and uh, to define for them the most you know, private aspects of sexuality and gender. Because if you don't have those jowl noises to lead you, well, how are you going to live your life?
1: How are you going to know? I mean, the Lovecraftian frog horrors that have been American governmental villains have been replaced by these weak motherfuckers. Like, we don't need Turtle Man Mitch McConnell in the Senate. We need, like, the shadow over uh, Ipswich or whatever the fuck that is coming come in here to to bring Cthulhu out of relay and finally end the world as we know it i mean for
0: a long time uh cheney's portrayal of the penguin i really thought was going to bring about um a batman type you know billionaire vigilante well, but it was all we gonna got bring was... a billionaire
1: vigilante but then he shot him in the face so <laughs> it just it fell apart well i
0: I just uh, again my 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 opinion on Dick Cheney shooting that dude in the face is is as great as that was, it was a <laughs> that's just a power play by Dick Cheney. He's just shooting people to establish his dominance and let other people know how trash they are.
1: I mean that's also why we invaded Iraq. He was like, Hey, Iran I, I don't know the difference between N and Q, so let's go.
0: <laughs> Shia Sunni, who gives a shit?
1: Major. Many months has come and gone Since I wandered from my home In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Many a page of life has turned Many a lesson I have learned Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong we're down yonder in the Indian Nation I ride my pony on the reservation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Now we're down yonder in the Indian Nation, the cowboy's life is my occupation in those Oklahoma hills where I was
0: born. I'm Adam Burdett, I'm Carl Roberts, and this is Red Star over Oklahoma. We're a small political and news podcast broadcasting about uh, left Oklahoma and politics in left Oklahoma. Um, do we have any housekeeping stuff from last week? I think the audio was pretty good. I heard some good things about um, last week's podcast. I actually felt really good about last week's podcast.
1: Yeah, I, I, thought, I, I thought I went over well. I think good time. Ever, everybody was happy about it that I heard from. Yep.
0: Good yep. stuff. Yep. All right. Well, then we'll just jump into this week in national news. Um, uh, up top, uh, we, we, we keep it up top because as a socialist, we're forced to care about those who uh, don't have access to hospitals. So we were going to discuss uh, the end of healthcare care in uh, the U.S. for the time being. Um, so I, I, I said and I'd warned that I was going to do this um, if this happened because it really made me mad. And it happened earlier this week. And then... And we moved past some other things, and uh, uh, good old John McCain um, stood up for what he believed is right now that he has a brain tumor. And uh, needs medical care. <laughs> he's already got it. He's fine. Uh, but I was, uh, so one of the things that uh, whenever Obamacare, and I hate calling it Obamacare, whenever the ACA was originally passed, uh, one of the things that a lot of Republicans harped about was the threat of Joe Biden. Being the tie-breaking vote and how you know how that destroyed the Senate and it was ex- executive overreach, and so when they wanted to start, even, the-
1: even though even though important to say this, that's what he's there for. That's like the VP's only job that is not just to be there in case the president dies. So that's the one constitutional job he has is breaking a Senate tie.
0: It's, yeah, that's but, a fact. but we know how the Republicans feel about allowing the executive branch under Democrats to do their uh, democratically elected duty. Uh, it asked the Senate or the Supreme court seat that Obama got to stare at for (laughs) nine months. Um, but so they, the the Senate can be kind of confusing. And and so I'm going to kind of just do this real fast, but like, there's a reconciliation process that basically, since the Affordable Care Act is already a law, and that it has certain things, certain uh, amounts of money tied through certain projects, they can amend it um, through a reconciliation process that requires only a only a majority, only you know, 51 or 50 plus Mike Pence um, to amend it. Um, rather than the, the supermajority 60 that they would need to pass a normal bill. And also, they can do this and then just send it down to the House, and it doesn't have to go through committee, and it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like, if they were going to repeal and replace, they'd actually have to write, you know, a bill rather than just scraping parts of Obamacare off. Um, and so, Mike Pence ended up being the tie-breaking vote that allowed it to move forward into debate. And I just, like, this is a guy who openly believes that electroshock therapy can cure homosexuality and he is the one who all of this landed on who all of all of this fell down on you know the decision about healthcare. it came to him and he's just like like i i don't know i just i i just get so blown away that someone so unqualified is the person who gets to decide
1: well and it's also i mean it's one of those things where they've been like harping on it for so long, and and they're always they're so quick to talk about the Constitution and bitch about it and so on. And then the second they can use the Constitution to do something, they do it. And I mean, you gotta respect them on one level for wanting to pass policy because that is the whole goddamn point.
0: Well, of going really, pass policy because they're really just stripping taxes well, away from the rich. It's not really, I don't
1: know. It, I mean, yeah, it's like it's like crappy, shitty policy. But that, like, they are there to represent a very, very specific set of class interests. You know, they're there for like the .01 percent instead of the one percent that the Democrats are there for. So, like, it's just the the hypocrisy is rampant. And yeah. then there was something else I wanted. I I thought that was really, really ridiculous, right? Because they were voting on this after Pence cleared it. <laughs> And then McCain, like, came back from fucking surgery to be like, let's have a vote on it. And then, like, he didn't vote for it. They were voting on it. And Paul Ryan wouldn't confirm to John McCain's liking that the law wouldn't get passed in the House. Yeah. And Lindsey Graham and a few other people were like, we will not vote for this unless you, Paul Ryan, will promise us that it's not going to get passed in the House. (laughs) Which, Which, like, what's your... If, if you don't want it to be a law, you don't vote for it. That's like the whole fucking idea of representative government. That's literally the core of it. And you have these Republicans being like, well, we hate Obamacare. But at the same time, we want to make sure that this law we vote for won't be a law.
0: Well, and it, it's one of those things. It's almost like the Iraq war vote where they know that this is going to be something that when, you know, people are primaried against them and when they run that they're going to go, okay, did you vote to repeal when you had the opportunity to? And, you know, James Lankford, our good senator from Oklahoma, and Inhofe, they're going to be able to go, well, fuck, yeah, I did. I said, no, sir, no Obamacare for Oklahoma. But, you know, some of those other senators, you know, There's a a nice little list of Murkowski and Capito and uh, I'm trying to remember who else. McCain and and a few others. Um, I mean, I I think it ended up being six that voted no um, or seven. Republican senators, but, you know, those guys. But, hey, there's something also to be said about the the stalwartness of the Democrats, you know? I don't have a lot of, you know, it's easy to be obstructionist. It really is. You just vote no and you don't do anything. Especially
1: in the Senate. Yeah,
0: especially in the Senate. But at the same time, they did. They didn't let themselves be bent or bought off. And I know, I mean, I was reading an article that said that uh, uh, Capito had essentially been locked in Mitch McConnell's office for the six hours prior to the vote and was she just literally being screamed at and she was just like yeah i'm sorry but no and like that there there is there is still pressure to put on the democrats there might not be as much as you know being screamed at by mitch mcconnell for you know four hours or six hours or whatever it was but it's still there but the good news is um due to mitch or due to uh john mccain's newfound uh morality spine <laughs> okay let's not okay i'll give him morality i'm not going to give him a spine <laughs> okay good, good um but they uh didn't pass repeal just straight repeal which i mean how many times has the past, the house and the senate passed just a straight repeal it's been i mean that's I mean, all they
1: did for several years um and so they can- with no no result, and yeah. now they have the two fucking now they have the two houses in the White House, and they can't do the thing that they were doing every fucking day Obama was president. They yeah. did it like thirty times. Oh, they did it way more than that. Was
0: uh, but what's good about this is that the path now becomes much more uphill. Uh, so without the reconciliation process, which they have now used, and since it did not work, the only way they can do this is either to straight up and down repeal it with sixty votes, or write a new bill. And that would require them to, you know, think
1: and write and read. Um, well, actually, it also require them to come up it, it would require them to come up with a new law that isn't Obamacare, because Obamacare was the Republican solution. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking Mitt Romney is the guy who did it. It was called Romney Care in Massachusetts, and that was what conservatives thought of. And so now, like, I think the biggest problem they have is that there's not a way to do it. Like there's not. Like, nobody on the right can think of policy that isn't basically just, like, have a feudal relationship with your boss, and then in exchange for your labor, he will give you health care, and you have to pay 10% at the church.
0: Until anything happens to you. Yeah. Uh, I actually, uh, I I read a, a Toss the World article this week. Uh, our, our our good old boy, Mark Wayne, uh, had, had a little something to say about uh, all this mm-hmm. going on. And he said that... Uh, he's been reading a lot about healthcare and reading, reading his Bible quite a bit, but that he's been reading more about healthcare than he's been reading his Bible. So it's cutting, you know, we need to get past this because it's cutting into Mark but Wayne's Bible
1: time. And that's I thought, I thought that he went to a castle and then a little mushroom guy told him that the healthcare bill is in a different castle. I thought that's what happened with, with Oklahoma's own Mario. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man.
0: Yeah, I... I don't doubt it. He's just sliding down tunnels to fight Bowser. The uh, high tax rates on the the, the rich, <laughs> the bow- big government Bowser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we gotta, I gotta jump on the back of this Koopa so I can get back to reading my Bible
0: <laughs> and running my plumbing company because Lord <laughs> knows no one else will do it.
1: God, it's so hard to run my fucking plumbing company. All I do is send the plumbers I hire to do work to the people with plumbing problems,
0: and then they pay, Man. and then they pay me, and I don't pay a living wage. So I have to pay taxes, and those taxes so go directly hard. to my salary.
1: They literally they come back into my salary, but I still make, I still pay more in taxes than I earn as a government official. He's not, he, He's Mario's. Not. He's not okay. Never been good enough at math to one do the math to figure out that that's not true, and two do the math to understand American healthcare. But I wonder who like, his Luigi is.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean,
1: if anybody's actually Bowser, let's be honest, it's Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> he is—he is the spiky <laughs> shit turtle of of American <laughs> politics. Oh lord! Except so, when he—he he doesn't breathe fire. He just breathes like tax. Tax credits that kill black
0: people. <laughs> oh, uh, So, speaking of uh, comical representations of government, let's move on to the White House because it's been a rough week. <laughs> uh, first of all, Shouty
1: Spice, he's done. He's out of there. No more. Fired. Get him out. He's done. I... I think I think they actually took him to the set of The Apprentice to tell him. that. Oh, oh, the oh, first time did. Trump did not fire someone by tweet. First time, actually did. They taped it. It's in the next. It's in the Apprentice White House, coming to the Trump channel in twenty nineteen.
0: You know <laughs> that you make a joke, but I am honestly not surprised that he hasn't taken a deal from ABC or somebody to be in the White House filming like a reality program. Like the, oh, no, no. He- That would have the highest
1: ratings ever.
0: I I, I know. The only reason he he hasn't probably is because it would show his massive level of incompetence. But at the same time, how he (laughs) just hasn't gotten conned by some fast-talking ad man. Because that's – all I've learned about Trump in the last two years is that all you have to be is the last guy in a room with him. And you just have to talk fast. Like, it's
1: just – you just talk fast and you're the last guy in a room. And like (laughs) – well, I think I think what happened—the reason why uh, Rinsed Puberty uh, is out as White House chief of staff—is because uh, General Mattis was just like, "Hey, hey, Trump, just wait for a bit. I'm gonna show you my gun. It's cool. I get to own it because I'm in the military." And Trump was like, "That's cool." Then he stayed in the room, and Mattis was like, "Hey, fire Rinsed uh, Pubis, man,
0: and let me in. Let me in." Yeah. Well, and I think I think I think so. When uh, Reince Priebus's uh, I I, I guess you know it, it it's one of those weird things. So I was reading a lot um from Maggie Haberman at the New York Times about how that actually happened, and apparently, the uh, tweets that came out thanking Reince for his service, I, I, I just I'm gonna I, I hate the guy's name, but the the tweets that came out, um, they had all come out while. Reince was in, on Air Force One and he was sitting in the back of the plane. And so then when the plane landed, Trump called him into the office and he, and Reince resigned instead of being fired. But <laughs> like, it's just like, I cannot imagine having a bot like at that high of a level of government and that high of a level of service. And that like, like I can't imagine being like half, like, like that close to that like that much power and that much authority and that much responsibility and to like get fired by
1: tweets (laughs) well and it's also one of those things where it's like like oh he resigned that's like the like oh my kid chose to leave the school after he choked out a teacher you know like like he did not choose to resign it's just that he, he got told he was gonna resign or he was gonna get fired Oh yeah, which is hilarious because he's supposed to be the guy that like runs the fucking party. That's his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, and uh, it's it's just, like, I
0: I don't know what one of the things I I saw whenever uh, he appointed uh, uh, his replacement uh, to the to the White House chief of staff. I just it, it was one of those things. It's just like how long until. Uh, Trump is stomping around like I'm sure uh, but I'm I'm uh, I'm sure you've seen the photos of when he was in um, like prep school like military prep school and him in like the uniform with like the medals on him and shit like so I'm just wondering how long because he's replacing all these like you know Republican Party insiders and political people with uh, hard alt-right people and um, military people, and so I'm wondering how long until he's just walking around like Gaddafi, wearing huge sunglasses and like a full military uniform with just stolen valor all over his chest. Just like every, he's just walking through the White House picking up pins and and just sticking them on him. Like, oh, this is a oh, my Gulf War badge, and this is my uh, flu and airplane badge, and this is my. Except,
1: except it's it's not it's not the Gulf War. It's the Gulf War, and that's what he's been doing on the weekends. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and it's just like it it looks like it could be like like the 80 second airborne symbol but it's just a golf ball and he's like i i i hit 16 i hit a 16 hole i am better than kim jong fucking ill at stick ball whole game
0: oh man And much like Kim Jong-il, sooner rather than later, he'll start telling people that he had an immaculate birth and that the only unicorns that ever existed were present at his birth. He was born under six rainbows (laughs) on the top of a holy mountain that no one is allowed to go to anymore. Folks, it was
1: great. It was the best birth (laughs) ever. It was the greatest.
0: Look, look, if I I had small hands, would the military have given me this biggest hands in the world badge? No, they wouldn't. (laughs) So why are you talking to me like this? So it's funny because
1: it's so sad.
0: So to continue, this is uh, the 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 pinnacle of getting fired by a tweet. How about you serve your military and get fired by a tweet? Uh, Because Trump, in a uh, rash announcement this week, as if. He was worried that all this news of uh, uh, Scaramucci's White House and uh, you know the just New York inside baseball that's going on <laughs> is uh, gonna be and the failure of health care and everything else by his White House to do anything on top of you know his son maybe having been uh, colluding with the Russians and Kushner just definitely colluding with the Russians. Uh, he just decided, you know what? We'll take this. Off our plate. We'll make people focus on something else. No transgendered individuals in the military anymore. Just ban them. Not going to accept it. Not going to allow it. Not going to have it.
1: <laughs> Not my military. But the best thing is, and I think this deserves mentioning right now before we start yelling about how mad we are about this. Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing is, because he tweeted it, and nobody fucking knew about it beforehand apparently, it's literally do- it doesn't mean anything policy-wise. It mm-hmm. has no effect on policy. The well, military came out and was like well yeah he tweeted this but until like he tells us through the legal ways that that's how that works like it's it doesn't affect it yeah like they still are allowed to serve in the military he hasn't gone through the steps you need to do this
0: yeah and yeah there's there's a lot to unpack here uh and i think that's one of the good things i mean it's, it's a direct corollary to the muslim ban you know they rolled that out and i mean it was one of the things i can remember in the very early stages of the trump white house when i when i I mean, I'm in law school. And so I I, I love to read the actual documents because I've been kind of taught how to read and look through those things and what the words and the signifiers are. And I was reading it and it was like, dude, was this written by like eight dudes just screaming at each other? I'm like, yeah, it was. (laughs) But it just didn't make any sense. And it's the exact same thing. It's like when you roll that out, and then the TSA doesn't know how to apply it. And then what, what, what's the, the military going to do? They, they see a tweet, and it's like, okay, so do I just walk up to Chelsea Manning and, like, flip her desk over? <laughs> 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 like, what is the Holy. protocol? <laughs> well,
1: of course, it's like, I mean, it, it's just so indicative of how this White House functions that, like, he says this horse shit. That is, like, super transphobic, highly inappropriate, you know, really, really dangerous to, to some of the, the most worst, off, like, people that are already, like, highly oppressed in our society. Mm-hmm. And he sends, out, he sends out this tweet that is going to cause a shit ton of shit for these people that are already not, you know, they, they don't have all the benefits that we as, as cisgendered people have in our society. And, and then he does this, and so, like, discursively it's terrible, but it doesn't actually mean anything policy-wise. Yep, And it's just, you know, I I don't know if after the Muslim ban, they figured out and they were like, hmm, if we tweet it, it's not a law yet. So we could see how people feel about it. But it's just I mean, it's it's just like it's exactly what you're saying. It's shitting on people who are already not in the best place in our society and then saying, well, that's how it should be. And so
0: and so I think in a second we'll get to uh, uh, Chelsea Manning's tweet. Um, But I wanted to say this first uh, to kind of lead into that, and and that is that one of the things um, as a student of history and uh, uh, of American history, one of the, you know, there's there's so many problems with the military industrial complex. But one of the things it really does serve to do in a way that even education doesn't is it provides an out for the most vulnerable people. In yes. the U.S., I mean, and and, and the way the, the way I always think about it is, uh, in Vietnam, um, post draft, um, there was a massive amount of minorities who uh, served and who signed up to serve, and I can just say from. Growing up in a rural community in Oklahoma and growing up around people who didn't go to college and didn't have those higher advances, the guys who really, and and girls, who really wanted to, you know, further their lives but maybe didn't have the grades or the support background to go to college but were still driven to do something, uh, Rather than just go to work, uh, join the military. And I mean, it, it, it is an avenue, no matter how, you know, the, the military preys on those, you know, poor rural people and play, preys on minorities by not giving them other options and forcing them into the military. But at the same time, Those people, you know, uh, even now, a lot of them don't necessarily face combat. You know, I have a really good friend of mine who is an air mechanic, and he had a terrible home life. But the military did give him a way out. It it allowed him to go see parts of the world, to sign up, and to get, you know, rather than just either working at the concrete factory or you know not working at all and you know you know making poor decisions. It did give them an out, and so this in kind of a really base way strips everything from transgender individuals. So it's like, okay, you can't go to college. You're poor. You're in a rural area. You're transgender. You are the most marginalized you can be. You're only out is the military. Nope. 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 You don't get it. And it's
1: also, it's not only like an only out it, it's, it's a, it's a really important way, you know, because Chelsea Manning transitioned in the military and the military paid for it and the military has done that and it is not expensive. Um, but we, I think we're also going to get to that mm-hmm. in a second. It it, it it presents this opportunity for people. And I mean, I think it's really good to frame it in, in this idea of, you know, rural people who come from a place that doesn't have that many opportunities to get into the military, you get healthcare, you get all these things that you don't you don't have access to otherwise. And. Especially for transgender people, you know, if if you're a poor rural person and your family kicks you out on the street when you're 14 or 15, which is a thing that happens to people.
0: All the time, um, especially transgender <laughs> and homosexual and LGBTQI+. Plus. And, I mean, just other regular people. I mean, I had buddies yeah, who yeah. got caught smoking weed and got kicked out of their houses.
1: And, it, I mean, I it's a totally different thing that, you know— I, I I do not like the US military for a ton of reasons but at the same time it offers like this thing that people don't have access to otherwise and mm-hmm. I mean we both know plenty of people that went to OU with us that Did had to go to college it had had to be in the military to be able to go to college and shit like that mm-hmm. and I mean I think there are a lot of things we can do to make this not a problem but it's just you know it's a lose-lose fucking situation here because it's 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 punching down on on people that Aren't you know? Don't have the respect they deserve as, as humans. Don't have the access to the things they need because healthcare in this country is so fucked up. Um, and it's just saying if we if we could punch at them, if we could fuck at them, fuck with them, then we don't have to talk about anything. You know, we don't we don't have to do anything but just like shit on these people, and then you you get to feel good about yourself, and we don't have to give you anything either. Oh yeah.
0: And so then. I think, you know, we, we can start to kind of break down. One of the things I really wanted to do with this, because it is such an insidious thing, in my opinion, it, 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 it yeah, like you said, it, you know, it does strip those protections and it just, I can't think of a better word of that. It's insidious. It's just, yeah. it's something that exists only to shove people down. It's, you know, the boot on the face just could not be any clearer uh, in this kind of example. And so I want to know a few things and I want to walk through kind of the policy of this because I think it's really important to break down. I mean, you know, we already said at the top, you know, this is totally inconsequential. But I just want to say that Donald Trump is an evil human being and to not let him walk away from saying things like this without really squeezing what he has to say to show just how ignorant and how evil he truly is intending on being. And so number one, uh, what, what he said is that what this is going to do was eliminate the tremendous medical costs and disruption of transgender service members. Okay. So let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, I found a, I I was doing some searching and I found a really cool Reddit comment where a gentleman was, uh, discussing how, uh, transgender service actually does affect, um, people's role in the military. And so essentially, I'm just going to read part of this, but, uh, Once you uh, declare um, that you want to be transgender, you get a plan set in place, and the plan is very flexible. It states how far you'll transition, when, how, uh, all those other things, and you're constantly evaluated for your mental health. You have a counselor that is dedicated to you and that you spend your time working with so that you aren't a disruption, because that can be a, a, a difficult process. I mean, I, I had a family member who went through some hormone therapy after uh, uh, cancer, and it was very difficult. Um, it was not an easy process, and but it was necessary. Um, and then, um, you know, we don't want to, you know, take uh. Out of this, but it is a very expensive process, and the the healthcare that serve, you know those services are being provided through does have to provide for that, and it is expensive. And on top of that, the the surgery and things it can remove a person from service uh, in a deployment area for up to a quarter of their contract, up to a, a year out of the four years that they uh, would do that. But so many of those people
1: are not act are not people who are. On the, boots deployed on the ground necessarily deployed in. Co- I mean, something, I, I think the, the numbers I saw were like 2000 to 11,000 transgender people serving in the U S military. Yeah. And that's not like people transitioning that, that, it, you know, that can be, and that, and that isn't necessarily that could be people who have transitioned already. And so on, um, you know, like the, the overwhelming majority of shit the military does is, is not boots on the ground. You know, and even it, it's 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 logistics, it's intelligence gathering, it's flying planes, it's
0: and not even that. I mean, most of my cooking. buddies, it's yeah, <laughs> most of my buddies who are in the military, most of what they do is move shit. They drive a truck from here to there, unload it, reload it, drive that over to there, unload it, reload it. I mean, you know, those those can be things, but it's also just desk jobs. It's it's logistics. Yeah. It's like any
1: other, you know, major uh, part of it, an institution. And, and this whole idea that, like, oh, no, they're not going to be good enough in combat situation, like, is – is it, it, the, the military did some kind of study because part of why the new chief of staff was brought on is he was doing something about this. And he was taken by surprise by, by Trump's tweet, and he was like, yeah, so we did this research on it, and, like, literally, this is not a problem for the U.S. military. Like, having transgender people in the military it, it presents literally – based on studies of all the other world's militaries – that have transgender people, they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, they, it, there's literally, this is fine. This is totally okay. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, we can think of nothing bad that happens because of this in terms of, of the military's functioning.
0: Yeah. And so, one of the things, so I, I said a second ago about the, the hit that the healthcare can take. Um, and like, the, like I just don't want to downstate that. Like, this, this is an expensive process in a lot of ways. But one, these are people who have signed up for the military, they're serving their country. and... They got health insurance. Like, they should be allowed to use their health insurance however they want to if they got it, Though you know, however they got it. But on top of that, okay, the, uh, I, I, I found some research that said that the um, amount of money that it would take for all of the transgender services that the U.S. military currently provides is something like 0.041% of their budget. It's about $18 million dollars.
1: Trump and this and this, has, and this is a military with such a bloated butt. The I mean, yeah, U.S. Like has spent so much fucking money on a useless goddamn plane the military doesn't even want. There's another plane the military still has just because veterans in Congress like it, mm-hmm. not because the military wants it anymore, that we're dumping money in, and then and then you want to complain about money. Okay, get rid of the A-10 warthog and stop researching the F-35. That's it, where you get rid of—that's where you cut expenses well, in the military uh, if you're going to uh, talk uh, about their shit.
0: And my, my, my argument isn't even that nuanced. Trump won't stop going to Mar-a-Lago. He won't stop golfing. Those cost hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars a, s- a minute to be out there. The security for him to go golfing is $300,000 a day. A single trip to Mar-a-Lago cost the U.S. taxpayer $5 million. And he does it every weekend. It's just, really? Well, and this you're, doesn't, you're cutting you know...
1: costs, but you can't, you can't stop going to your house? And when he does this, this doesn't help. Like, like at the end of the day, I, you know, I think we both don't like the U.S. military terribly. We like the people who serve in it. We don't mm-hmm. like the institutions that much, if at all. Um, like, like when transgender people in the military are getting these services, this makes their lives better. This is good. This is simply a good thing. Like, no matter how expensive or whatever, it is good. It is good for these people to have that. It, it, Trump, it's not on the same level as Trump golfing. That is that is not a good thing. Motherfucking. If Trump wanted to goddamn golf, he shouldn't have ran for president and he should have just sat on his goddamn cash and played some fucking golf.
0: What cash? He doesn't have any cash. That's yeah, why he that's won't true. turn that's his tax returns
1: over. He's brokeer um, than it. he's broker than us. It's, it's 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 all tied up in Russian oil futures or something. Um, but I mean, it, that's the point is is no matter how expensive it is, this is an expense that our society can't afford. Yeah. And and it's only a good thing. And it's not. I mean, it's it's insane. Um, but I think I think really the most important thing is what Chelsea Manning said mm-hmm. when she was like, you know, this is just another reason that we need to do away with our massively bloated military, intelligence, defense budget, and so on, and, and use it to fund healthcare for all. Because I think that that is the angle of attack we need to take on the left is saying, you know, we wouldn't have to talk about this if we had single payer healthcare that took care of this problem. Yeah. Because then. It wouldn't be a military issue. It'd just be a normal healthcare issue for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you're transgendered in the military, you can't talk about expenses anymore. You can't talk about anything other than this like sexist pseudo scientific bullshit that says transgender people are like not mentally capable of working in the military, which is just fact like literally factually inaccurate. Yeah. Well, and, and that it was, wouldn't be an issue. And
0: that was one of the things I wanted to talk about because, like I said, I'm a law student and like. It, it it, it was something we studied this year is how you decide suspect classifications and how you handle um, whenever you have a uh, negative impact on a suspect classification of people because you know what I'm not going to be the first one you know I'm not going to stand out here and say you know what in the military men and women should have to pass the you know should should be able to pass different standard tests like sure there should be some but if you're going to go into Any kind of role, you need to be able to pass the minimum requirements for that, whether you're male or female. And if, you know, males are more predilected to be able to perform physically and fitness better than women, and that causes a disparate uh, result in the amount of people that you have moving through that, like, that – isn't necessarily bad on its face and i, I pulled some some law uh landing versus southeast uh pennsylvania train authority this is a supreme court case and basically what it was mm-hmm. was exactly that question it was the question of police officers so basically what they had is that they had 60 percent of the men would pass the uh fitness test and only 23 percent of the women and so they said okay the, the the women sued and so what the supreme court said is okay well when we looked at this what it really was is that that, well, what the court ruled was that you could have the same test for both men and women as long as it is a way of showing that each candidate meets the minimum requirements necessary for the performance of the job. That's all that matters. And so, you know what? If we want to talk about transgender women, uh, anyone, if we want to talk about anyone, we can set the same standard. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, not like, it's not like they get a pass because they're transgender, it's like it's exactly the opposite. They still have to do it. And so, the, the idea of like the talking about like, oh, the effectiveness or the mental capability is like, dude, if you're a guy, if you're just a regular cisgender dude, if you're me and I walk in there and I say some dumb shit about whatever, they're going to throw me out. And if I can't run a mile in 20 minutes, they're not going to let me. Being and I,
1: I a, can't run a mile in 20 minutes. There are, a, I'm sure, a shit ton of transgender Americans that are much better shaped than me. And, you know, if they're qualified, they're fucking qualified. That's all, That's it all is. that counts. Yep.
0: Yep. <clears throat> and that, uh, and, and, and like you said, I think that, I think that then you can have that conversation without having to deal with any of this, because like you said, if you, if you cut the budget of the military by 10%, we could fund single payer, free college tuition for all of our American citizens. And it's like, there's so much tax dollars that go to the military. I mean, we don't even have to raise. Ta- I mean, you know, we could we could have a we could we you and I could run as Republicans and say we're not going to raise taxes a dime. We're just going to cut the military, and we yeah, could we just fund smash the
1: military. Yeah. We could
0: fund all the socialist agenda we wanted through that. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous because by doing that, then once you provide the safety net of saying, "Hey, here's college for people, here's affordable, reasonable housing." Here's good infrastructure. Here's good healthcare. Here's good food. Once you have those baselines set for your people, then you don't have to worry about any of this shit. Because if you you say, you know what? I've got a great education. I've got good food. I've got a safe home life. You know what? I've got good healthcare. I don't have to worry about anything. I want to serve my country. I want to be someone who defends the people of my country. That is honorable and it is good and you know what you have the freedom
1: to decide that but by conscript by by tightening forcing free- poor people into this into this position yeah I'm, exactly it's just it, it, it is an enactment of violence on these people uh and well yeah because it, it, it what it really what it really means in terms of violence like in so many of the things we talk about there's some violence there that isn't like direct immediate violence necessarily but but forcing poor people to go into the military to get college educated, or 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 healthcare, or shit like that, literally can mean that they might be like killed, mm-hmm. and and that the trade-off for you as a poor person being able to get an education or being able to get the healthcare you need or whatever is that you might die. Like that's how fucked up this is. Yeah. That we're yeah. basically saying you have to be willing to fucking die for like basics if you're poor. Yeah, that's, well, and, that's our out.
0: And and, and uh, the the, one, the thing I kept coming back to during this week, and this is probably the last thing I'm going to say, but uh, the thing I kept coming back to this week was the 2,500 to 1,100 or 11,000 people who are uh, transgendered in the military right now. Just like those people woke up and you know those people live on base. Those people, you know, have health services, have families who are dependent on the services of the military. And by just saying, you know, you're out, okay, you're going to take their house, you're going to take their healthcare, you're going to take their ability to make a living, you're going to take all of the experience they have and throw it out the window because, you know, there's not another military they can go join. It it is just that to me is, is like you said, we talk about indirect violence a lot. This is direct violence. It's yeah, like we're is throwing you order. out of your house. Your job is gone. Like, you don't have a way to make money. That is just so nefarious. It's just evil. But anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, some Oklahoma news. Talk about some, some evil a little closer to home. Yes.
1: And so... What are um, we... What's the, what's the docket item here?
0: Um, so the first thing we have up
1: is um,
0: there was a report issued, this is a story I pulled from, uh, the Tulsa World, but there was a report issued from the Oklahoma Indian Gaming Association, um, that was talking about, uh, how they, um, how their employment is broken down and basically what it said is that so uh there are 131 Indian Indian gaming establishments in in Oklahoma and uh 28,000 people work uh for that so it's actually a pretty like I I was actually kind of impressed it's a pretty large portion of uh not not Mm -hmm. a massive portion but it's a you know 28,000 people working for a single industry is pretty big in um uh, Oklahoma, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, it found that two thirds of those jobs are in rural areas. Uh, so, and they found that fifty um, percent of fifty-seven percent of the employees at casino at the casinos were not uh, members of the tribes. Wow, twenty-two percent were members of that casino tribe of that casino's tribe. So. Um, I I just think it it was interesting, uh, specifically on that point to talk about that these are jobs, uh, that are being created in rural areas, which on one hand I think is really good. You go to, uh, you know, rural Oklahoma and I, I live in rural Oklahoma. Um, and you know, it it, kind of ends up being, I I contemplate the, what makes a small town, you know, you kind of just see like a grocery store, a gas station, a liquor store and a DMV. And, you know, that's. Maybe 120 jobs, and there's maybe you know a thousand people a thousand living there. People. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, and in, in, in there's you know obviously other things. You know, there's school employees, and that's a lot of them. I can think of a lot of really small school districts who employ uh, a lot of people, but this accounts for a lot of those uh, build, a lot of those jobs that are available. And I think it's important to remember that those jobs that are available are supposed to be available for. Uh, the members of that tribe and like on one hand it's good that they have an ability to get jobs but another on another hand it's just kind of frustrating that they've been that these tribes that have been delegated to literally be able to provide jobs for their people have to do it through gambling establishments rather than you know schools or hospitals or, yeah. uh, you know, I- anything else. It, it just, uh, I don't know, it kind of made my skin crawl reading this because on one hand, yeah, like I said, it, I, it's providing rural jobs, but at the same time, what is the quality of those?
1: Yeah. And it's all, I mean, it's such a predatory industry too, you know, like it's not the whole point of the industry is not that you're like buying a service or a good or something, you know, the point is that you're buying the opportunity to possibly win a bunch of money, which you almost, you know, it, it's not profitable if you don't, if if people win the money. Like, that's not how that works.
0: Well, and, and um, I, I
1: think much like the kind of discussion we had about prisons is that that
0: money isn't getting funneled to the worker. It's getting funneled to the top. And that top, while it, you know, in this case is, you know, the Indian establishment itself. I mean, you and I can both think of, you know, good examples of corruption within the Indian community um, and also um, exploitation uh, within the Indian community.
1: Well, and it's one of those things, you know, the tribe, like, the tribe gets the money. and I mean, it depends on the tribe, varies widely wildly what they're using that money for and so on but like fundamentally it it, it's it's not the best thing and it's it's not like you know those jobs are dependent on people having disposable income or people being addicted to gambling you know Mm -hmm. so so you need a good economic upswing to be happening for people who can afford to go gamble to be able to go gamble or you need you need people who have a health problem yeah I mean, it's the same. I mean, to some extent, it's the, it's the same thing with the 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 tax-free cigarette stores that uh, the tribes can run. Um, where Cigarettes are all it's fifty cents cheaper than state minimums. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, I mean, it's it's indicative of, of of a much bigger problem in the state of Oklahoma, where you know, indigenous the indigenous peoples of the Americas that live here are are not being given good opportunities. They're not being given, you know, the same opportunities that you and I have. Uh, being white people, and so they're they're forced into this position where something like this is the only thing you have, and then you put it in rural Oklahoma because city people are going to get mad about it. I mean, th- and, I mean, rural communities need things that are better than this, mm-hmm. and native communities in rural Oklahoma need things that are better than than casinos. You know, there's plenty of stuff that yeah. that this money could be going to instead, and that 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 could be a lot more developmental for for communities around the state. Yeah, that we'd all benefit from.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that 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 was kind of why this stuck in my mind is is just the idea that it it doesn't it, it, it is it is more about exploitation than it is about lifting people up, and I just wish that it could be more about lifting people up. But yeah, um, so now for our next bit of Oklahoma news, we're moving on to a a pretty complex story, and I'm I'm just gonna run through kind of the facts really quickly. Um, but we talked about some of the cuts to uh, DHS, Department of Human Services, um, that uh, Oklahoma is going through right now. And um, I, uh, I found a story uh, from Oklahoma Watch, which is a really cool organization out of Oklahoma, um, out of actually Gaylord College, uh, where I went to school. Um, And uh, basically what they're talking about is that DHS works on a system where you sign up for services for uh, developmentally and intellectually disabilities, you sign up for services and you get a Medicaid waiver that says, okay, you can go get services from, you know, these doctors and these people uh, to get help, but you can only get that once you're on a certain number in the list and then you get the waiver. And for the meantime, you just wait. And so... Um, they are making a change. DHS in Oklahoma has decided to make a change from rather than it being first come first serve, you just wait on the list until it's time and then you move up um, to being need based. And so people with more need um, can move forward uh in in the list faster than those who have less need uh so basically the p- question i wanted to pose to you carl was uh what do you what wh- what would you prefer what do you think is is
1: the better alternative uh or or, or do you have a better alternative to it well i mean and this is the thing we've said plenty of times like it seems like the right alternative is medicare for all or single mm-hmm. Um because that, that kind of does away with the reason the problem exists. But, you know, they, they talk about it in this article, and I, I also thought it was a great article. You know, they're like, we need to do this as a kind of triage, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there are people who need this a lot more than other people. And something that I always think about, um, which you could see here in, in, in Europe, where there's, you know, a lot of single-payer healthcare stuff for people and much more modern healthcare facilities, people tend to have worse teeth than in america and what i mean is that like like people tend to get braces left less often it's a thing but it's less common here right because you know healthcare is a thing that has expenses you know there are costs and there are benefits to certain kind of things and the triage approach is a lot better because this approach that we have right now i mean i understand that you've been waiting forever and you and you like might need stuff but like if somebody needs it more seriously then that's that's important. And the thing with the bad teeth, like of course we'd all rather have good teeth rather than bad teeth, and that could be a real problem later in life and so on. But you know, putting resources where they're more more directly needed is is I think in one sense better. And I think the the only reason we have this serious problem is because the state of Oklahoma is so terribly terribly treated. Some of the people that are you know genuinely need, need help in the state.
0: Yeah, uh, that 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 is definitely um, how I, I feel as well. I mean, you know, like you said, a Medicaid single payer for Medicaid for all single payer system would resolve this because those people could just go to the doctors, and it would also provide more work for the doctors, so that they would have more income, more revenue, and thus be able to put more money back into schools to build, make, to educate more doctors. And to lift more people out of poverty by educating them, by making them doctors and giving them those kind of skills, you know, it would just that kind of thing. It just I just pray that hopefully much like what I'm praying for with uh, climate change is that rather than being so dependent on petrol oil and rather than being so dependent on these kind of DHS Medicaid waivers and and, in these kind of ways, that it just becomes more efficient and it just becomes at a point better because it is. I mean, it. Medicaid, single payer for all, it just resolves issues in a way that allows people to move up and move forward with their lives without having to have these hard conversations. I mean, how do you decide? How do you decide between, you know, someone who has been waiting for 10 years to get services for their child and someone whose child has had a TBI in a car accident and needs services today? How do yeah. you decide? How do you make that call? You, I mean, it... it, it It's just this terrible, it's something, you know, you always talk about like in, in utilitarianism, you know, body calculus, and it's this terrible forcing of making that decision of body calculus when you don't have to make it. The only reason it's having to be made is because the state is refusing to allow these people to go to the doctors who know and are willing to help them.
1: Yeah, and, and the state is is unwilling to put the money into all the kind of services that go along with it, you know, the doctors, the nurses, etc.
0: And to and regulate big pharma in a way that doesn't overblow costs so that everything becomes so expensive for doctors to do that they can't do it. Yeah, You know, if if the machines, the 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 medicines and the, you know, supplies that doctors needed were priced at a competitive level that of production cost rather than this massively bloated cost that big pharma has so that they can keep the insurance economy alive, then we would be able to actually deal with some of these problems that these people are having rather than just
1: shucking them off. Yeah. Well, and I, I think there's a really telling quote at the end of the article about along this that I think is really important. And it's, uh, how do you tell someone who has been on the list for seven years that someone who has been on the list for two years is ahead of them, Trudgeon said. That's the downside of that system. it's going to look unfair, and I'd like to think that my fellow Oklahomans understand who most needs support, but I think it will be a challenge and like the reason it's a challenge is because we've been doing it so terrible mm-hmm. like it's it's just so artificial and you know these are these are people that we can afford to help that we that we can do without any kind of real suffering to any of us. We can make these people's lives better and and right now we're fighting a you know, the the fight seems to be about how are we going to decide which people get help rather than these people get help, we can do it.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, like I, you know, like we've both kind of said, it's just the solution's right there. We have the, it's kind of one of the things we talked about with uh, the military earlier is that the production capability is there. It's not a, a, a capital problem. It's not an income or a revenue problem it's not even a production problem because if we it's not
1: even a policy problem like there are plenty of policy examples from around the world that we could use to figure out how to do this
0: yeah it is just an exploitation problem and we are being exploited by insurance companies and big pharma to keep them alive at the expense of literal children with disabilities i mean there's just no more visceral example that i can think of than that But anyway, so moving on to our last piece of information for the day, Um, our last piece of news for the day. Uh, This is something you were uh,
1: you you were not happy about. This one, (laughs) yeah. This is something that
0: uh, I I, you know, if you were in Oklahoma, this is kind of our conservative reading list. This is just kind of our nightmare of Oklahoma reading list. Maybe Uh, this is something. If you were in Oklahoma this week, you definitely saw it was all over Facebook. There was a Tulsa teacher who uh, went out to... Do you actually know the street corner she was at? I I don't. Uh,
1: It says 193rd East Avenue and I-44. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So
1: that's pretty far out east, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: South, too.
0: Um, So a teacher went out to a street corner and stood on a street corner and panhandled, begged for money. And, and and classroom supplies. And so, um, I, you know, in Oklahoma, we do have, you know, not a rampant homeless population, but we do have a pretty, you know, robust homeless population. And in, in, in Tulsa, you know, I can think of several street corners that I always pull up to. Um, 91st and I-44 is a good example. There's always people mm-hmm. standing, uh, or 71st and I-44 too. Uh, there's always people standing right at that corner panhandling. And the idea you know and i also you know there's also a lot of fundraisers that do the kind of hand handling thing where they'll stand out there with a sign you know pull into the parking lot and get a car wash and pay five dollars and da
1: but and, and often like students trying to like pay for their basketball trip or something
0: yeah yeah and like that 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 doesn't bug me what bugs me about this is that so in oklahoma most of the supplies that teachers use in their classrooms aren't I was raised by an educator in Oklahoma, but the, those supplies aren't paid for by the school or the state, they're paid for by the teacher. You know, your pencils, your pins, your paper, a lot of that, you know, teachers ask for students to bring, but when students don't bring, they take it upon themselves to provide for their students. And so this is a teacher who, in Oklahoma, their pay is so low, and they have no protections, and they don't have enough, you know, robust, robustness in their job to be able to purchase supplies for their classroom because their schools and the state aren't giving them to them. They are literally being forced to panhandle and beg for money to provide for supplies and I think it's even more story the Fox 23 news story I found on this at the very end has a list of things you can donate to her It is exactly the same as the panhandling that she was doing that is how she ended that interview with them was being like please, 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 please Put on your website my link to my donations and what I need in my classroom, and it just is Disgusting it's just a once again the prioritization of money over children and education. And it's just – I'm flabbergasted.
1: It says, too, in this. Uh, in six minutes Tuesday, the veteran teacher made $55 standing on the street corner, right? And then it says more than double what she makes per hour in the classroom. <laughs> So like like it is, it makes more economic sense for her to stand at the street corner with a sign saying, Hey, I'm paying handling for my students. Like that would be a better job for her if we if we were, you know, doing the whole capitalist maximize your wealth thing here. Mm-hmm. That would be a better job for her. Because that's how fucked up our funding system is for education in the state of Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. And I I, I talked to a few educators, uh, in the state, um prior to doing this and I uh speaking with them about this, and, the, and their major comment wasn't that, oh, this is so bad, or blah, blah, blah. What, what their comment was is like, oh, thank the Lord that she did it, and I don't have to. Thank the Lord Eek. that somebody started this conversation, and I don't have to go stand on a street corner. Because those, you know, pr- primarily women, but those men and women who are educators in the state of Oklahoma, they struggle with those things. I mean, you know, those come they you know, a lot of them have kids and a lot of them have families and it comes out of their pocket. And if they don't have families and kids, then they've got student loans. (laughs) And (laughs) and so it comes out of their pocket of what is an increasingly a smaller and smaller and smaller pocket. I always get pushed on by conservatives about, oh, you don't pay taxes yet. You you don't understand. You once you pay taxes, you'll become a conservative. And for me it's just one of those things where the conservatives that are in power talk about cutting taxes, except that as if the taxes are the only thing that marginalizes your income, the the taxes are the only thing that, you know, restricts the amount of profit you get to take home. And so often it's just not that. And for so many people, it's not that for teachers. You know, not only do they have to pay their taxes, but they've gotta pay their student loans and they've gotta pay for their supplies in their own
1: classrooms. It's just you know And they gotta buy healthcare that's massively, massively inflated inflated price wise. You know, they they have to own a car. They have to have all the car expenses that go along with that. And a place to live. I mean, it's just Yeah, and, and, and a place to live. And and it's idiots. It's just like, okay, you know, like if I'm paying for it, I don't give a shit if it's to the government or to or to fucking Bob. I don't care. Fuck! If I'm paying into the government, I have a say about what happens with that money. If I pay it to Bob, he's gonna go pay for a bunch of whores and in Thailand. That's I don't want that shit. Yep. I don't want. I want some say over that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that is. I think that's a great example of of exactly what it is. Is is that it? it you know, when you can pay it to the government, at least you have a safety net. At least you have an ability to stomp your feet and to say something about it. But when you're being exploited like this, or you're spending all your money at the gas station and at Walmart, you know, it, it, it is just double. We, we can't call
1: up. We can't call up the Walton family and say, "Hey, fucking pay your employees living wages." Yeah. We can call the state of Oklahoma and say, "Pay your employees living wages." Yeah. And if enough of us do that, they have to. And if enough of us call the Walton family, the Walton family says, "Fuck off." Yep. We don't give a shit. Yep.
0: Well, um, and then the link at the bottom of this article says, uh, for the next story says area teachers reveal second jobs, which is just (laughs) so great. You know, that's what I want. I don't want my teacher to go home and contemplate what they're thinking about or, 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 you know read books and try and you know evolve their understanding of the material what i want them to do is go work at burger king for 8 hours and then get 2 hours of sleep before they have to be back at the school building
1: <laughs> honestly if i like i want over like a person who's not sleeping enough and working too much to to raise kids because but i don't want it to be me mm. so that's why i think it's important that teachers have to do this because i have to do that to survive so fuck you teachers you should also have to do that
0: Oh uh, man, but the people who are saying fuck you are, are, are like fat cats. Yeah. It's it's like Mark Wayne Mullen sitting in his fucking four story house, you know, eating off his uh China plates, his his, you know, amazing plumbing profit, except all the taxes <laughs> and, he has
1: to pay. And fucking complaining that because he has to do his goddamn job as a government official
0: that he can't read the Bible enough. Fuck you, Mark Wayne Mullen. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, uh, I think that's a, I think that's about it for uh, us today. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good place to end. Um,
1: that is. That is.
0: So we've got a uh, subreddit at our Red Star Over Oklahoma. We've got a SoundCloud page that we're going to be putting up the newest. Uh, I think I think uh, until we go pro, um, we're just going to have the two newest uh, episodes up there at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, for our entire backlog and for our newest episodes. You can go check out iTunes. Um, and then uh, kind of last bit, of little exciting news. Uh, governor's race in Oklahoma is starting to heat up. We're starting to have some uh, talk of who, who's going to run and what all those things are. But um, We got voting coming well, up in November, but we're going to hopefully do some in-depth analysis and do what
1: we can to... Uh, start talking about that. Yeah,
0: do what we can to uh, endorse a candidate maybe. But... Uh, you got anything else for the, the people today, Carl? <clears throat> uh,
1: I'm working on Twitter and Facebook. My boss has dumped on me at my job. We'll we'll get that up and running in the next two weeks, guys. I promise. Yeah.
0: And eventually, maybe we'll get a Patreon set up, and that way uh, Carl doesn't have to work nearly as much, and he can <laughs> live the, the socialist dream of being crowdfunded that uh, we all told ourselves was never possible. But
1: anyway, y'all have a wonderful week. Cheers.
0: Bye.